Welcome to my super type A attempt at being Zen, the podcast. My name is Risha York, and I will be your host. If you are overworked, overtired, overstretched, overwhelmed, just over it, you are in the right place. We like to say we are currently working towards Zen-ish. I'm thrilled that you've joined us. Let's see who will be supporting us on our path to Zen today. Thank you for joining us for part two with Brie Lefevre. I hope you enjoyed part one. Let's dive right back in. So what have you learned from your job about Zen? That it doesn't exist in my job. It does not exist in my profession. It does not exist in my industry. And the lack of it is the number one reason I think that we see so much social worker healthcare burnout, why suicide is so high, why mental health conditions are so high. The transference that takes place in such an empathetic space uh, yeah. can be drowning yeah. on a good day. And I think when you start really working in and with those people, it's totally a vibe attracts your tribe thing. Yeah. It's all the same kinds of super empathetic rescuers. I had to come face to face with my um, superiority complex. I had to come face to face with my kind of that, even the abuse triangle of like rescuer to victim and how that feeds through um, and that it is rampant in that industry yeah. and everything that industry is a crisis. Because we're, we're literally talking about someone who might not be alive today because they have to sleep outside in the snow. Yeah. Like they, they actually might not wake up. Right. And now I have to pick that up because they're with me at my feet, begging me for help and I can do nothing. Yeah. There is nowhere to put them. There is no solution. The moral injury that takes place is it's catastrophic. Like there, there really isn't another word for it. And when I came in, I knew that. Right. I had all my family, even my grandma, who was a social worker before with children's age. She's like, honey, I love you. And you can do brilliant things. I don't know if you're cut out for this. Cause you feel so much. Yeah. She's like, I'm worried about how this is going to change you and who you're going to have to change to become to excel in this. And it was totally passion driven from my experience. Right. And be like, what the F? And yeah, I'll say it so that we can air this <laughs> on everything. <laughs> of just like, what do you mean there's no help? And what do you mean that we have to hit? Society makes us hit certain crises before help is available. Yeah. Like I, I had no help because I was employed. Meanwhile, I didn't know how we were going to live. Right. I didn't know where we yeah. could live safely. I didn't know how we were going to be able to move through. I didn't know if I could keep my job. Right. Like, it, what do you mean? I, I just need this catch hold where, well, no, your kids are doing good. They're all in school. Oh, they're not involved with a lot. Oh, yeah. There's nothing that can help you. Oh, so they get suspended and now start doing illegal things. Then there's help. Then there's help. Isn't Once you've hit the breaking late? point. Yeah. Right. So then I, yeah. I, I can't even be living in my car. So we have to be living in a tent. Yeah. And then there, like, there's so, so much like that too. Right. Where like That's how the whole industry, the, works. the whole, yeah, the whole industry. Mm -hmm. Right. It's mm -hmm. like, we're so reactive in medicine. We're so mm -hmm. reactive, at least in North America. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you, unless you're rich and then you can pay for the premium of right. doing things that are preventative, yeah. doing things that are supportive ahead of mm -hmm. disease illness total collapse yeah and when you're working with people who are in those crisis survival points it's like of course you get pulled into that energy and momentum of course you have no choice yeah because you're literally fighting for the same thing even though it might not be your life your safety your kids food like all of that I get it which makes you great at your job totally <laughs> and exhausted when the day is and done. exhausted when the day is done so how like what has it taught you about zen doing that kind of work 
I think the biggest thing is to just really be willing to be vulnerable. Right. Some of my professional choices to not become registered and regulated under a lot of the healthcare lines was specifically designed around that. Yeah, I feel the same way. Because they, and I, I totally coming from a regulated health prof- profession before into a new one, I get why the standards yep. are there because people yep. can really, really hurt people yes. without the right training and without that right backing and without the right awareness and the monitoring, the supervision and the connections and everything. Yep. And that's why I've kind of tried to shelter myself by still having access to the rest of those people yeah that then help catch me yes. if I start to go into areas that too far in the wrong direction could be damaging mostly to myself but then if they're damaging to me they're damaging to others and your family 100 percent, right it's the safety thing too yeah and to connect then the people like it's way out of scope for what i would be looking for yeah um but it's helped me create a less reactive space it's helped me i think actually offer and bring more zen to even those that we serve yeah, I talk because you can bring now. part of you to the table instead of making you exactly. off limits. Yes. Yeah. And now I can talk about it. I I understand this. Yeah. Because I was here, to, and it's really scary to not know whether or not you're going to make it to the end of the year. Yeah. And looking at people's time horizons, where time horizon we only can calculate half how, how far in the future we think we'll actually survive. Yeah. It's just like a, a survival mechanism in our brain. Where yeah. Our amygdala won't allow us to look past our unconscious perceived survival part. Yeah. So if you actually don't know where you're going to sleep tonight, you might not even be able to be think about tomorrow. Right. Never mind a year from now. Never mind when you're 65. Right. And I think I was only three or four months into this part of my career where um, I designed a really amazing program. And we were, I was so pumped. I thought it was going to be so inspirational. I thought it was going to take our clients to just a whole new level. Um, and it was talking about like, not necessarily goal setting, but dreaming. Yeah. Of just like vision when you boarding were a kid or whatever what did you want to be when you grew up? And then how has that evolved and changed as an adult? Um, and still one of our service users, she kind of scoffed at me and I, I said, you know, what's up? Where, where did that come from? Cause I always wanted to create the space where any emotion was allowed. Yeah. We had to be able to maintain regulation of it, but yeah. we could kind of talk about anything. And she's like, what are you talking about dreaming? You dreamt as a child. I didn't dream as a child. I don't have dreams. Interesting. And it hit me like a brick. Yeah. It's Cause like, I kind of went, oh, Okay can see this whole thing falling apart in front of me because then I'm watching the face of the other women who are now I've I've hurt them because I've asked for something that they've never done yeah and they've never done because even as kids it was literally day to day yeah they didn't see themselves five years from now they didn't see themselves 10 years from now yeah so trying to create a space to come into that moment yeah to break it down and come alongside them and come alongside not as a fixer but as a witness yeah that's so that's so um interesting that's so interesting because so I have a course called lead without permission as Mm -hmm. as you know Mm -hmm. and part of it near the end is this sort of goal setting and vision Mm -hmm section right Mm -hmm. which I found really helpful for me which has been really helpful for almost every client that's come through my door yeah but I had a client recently who was like I'm having a really hard time setting goals and I was like okay I mean we've we've built up to this point so Mm -hmm. I'm not clear and she said to me where I am right now I never thought I'd reach this point right So I'm having a really hard time seeing anything beyond this. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's a, I've never considered that because my super type A me was, you know, starting businesses at nine years old and dreaming to take over the world by 25. Right. And so I'm like, okay, that's valid. Mm -hmm. It, but it's a matter of practice, Mm -hmm. right? It's not impossible it's not unreachable Mm -hmm. now it's actually allowing yourself giving yourself permission if you will Mm -hmm. to see beyond where you are right now or Mm -hmm. see beyond beyond the obstacles beyond what you ever dreamed or thought about or 
And that is really difficult if you have forever trained yourself to stay in the moment, be practical Mm -hmm. and not plan for your future. Mm -hmm. The irony of all of that is staying in the moment and being practical and not planning for the future is very, very Zen. Right. Theoretically. Theoretically. Yeah. (laughs) It's very Zen. But at the same time, if that's all you ever live in, it's stagnating. It's stagnating. Yeah. And so I wonder that a lot, you know, I have these, and this could be a very unpopular comment, but I think about, you know, these monks who will sit for 16 hours and meditate. And then my super type A person goes, yeah, but what do they do then? Right. I immediately <laughs> nod on what you were saying. And I'm like, and then what? Like, what are they doing? Because <laughs> obviously they're creating some type of action that we don't know about where they're they're accomplishing something and, and finishing something. From what I understand, the goal is enlightenment. Right. And I'm like, okay. I mean, that's really intangible. And I wouldn't even know, like to make enlightenment mm-hmm. my goal to me feels terrifying Hmm. it feels terrifying where something as simple as being like I want to go on a trip to wherever next year that feels like a doable goal even if it was like seven times what I could afford Mm -hmm. I would actively work towards it whereas I think a lot about this whole concept of enlightenment universal collective consciousness Mm -hmm. or do I believe in that yeah I feel like I've had moments where I've really tapped into that Mm -hmm. especially while meditating and come out of it and been like whoosh Mm -hmm. holy cow that was something Mm -hmm. but also if I can do that in 10 minutes a day what's this guy doing in 16 hours like (laughs) is he Uh like exploring this other plane of existence I don't know about right yeah I just, the concept to me is so, I can't grasp it. I just don't understand because I think I'm so obsessed with this accomplishment. There has to be things that get ticked off the boxes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I think about that a lot because I think, you know, if I had less or if I wanted less, would I be more enlightened, enlightened, right? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. I don't even know if it's it's like a, a less things or a materialistic thing, or <laughs> if maybe it's just the definition of what enlightenment means. Like when you, you said, you know, I can save for a vacation that's 10 times more expensive than I think I could afford versus like kind of chase, where to me, the enlightenment feels more comfortable than the tangible. Right. So it's like, I, I want to go because this, I know I can control the inside type A again, right? right? I can control how I feel, think, process, enter the world. I can't control whether or not I actually will meet those financial targets. And see where I would be like, yeah, you can. Right. Of course you can. Yeah. Right. Like I entered this year with this goal. I hit it. Mm-hmm. It felt impossible and it happened. Right. Like financially speaking? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I wonder if that's just, again, that, that childhood connection, right. As to Maybe. whether or not we were used to having like what money did as you a currency do? present versus not right. Where it's like, why well, I, I struggled for a long time with money. I struggled mm-hmm. for a very long time coming to terms with the whole concept of money. I grew up in a single parent household. Mm-hmm. We did not have a lot of money. My mother had a great job, but it was one of those like and one income it's still tight no matter what no like matter you're, what you're not making what dual income does and it was always quality over quantity mm-hmm. like you're not getting the best of the best of everything we're going to be very conscious of where we spend this money yeah um but because of that i had a job at 9 right like i need to work cuz i need to participate in whatever's going on in this world mm-hmm. and you got to pay to play mm-hmm. that's how it felt to me right Right. Mm -hmm. And then I went to theater school where they basically teach you you're going to be poor the rest of your life. (laughs) Yeah. Here's your starving artist. Yeah. Good luck. And they're like, (laughs) you know what? Or a degree, you get a busker's license. Yeah. It's banana. Like they are literally like, okay, we want you to put on a show with 22 people and your um, production costs, we're going to give you 600 bucks. Right. And you're like, there's, okay, wait. 
So there's 22 people. I have to come up with a set. I have to come up with a venue. I have to come and I have $600. That's, I mean, that's not even possible, but it is because we do it. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) And so (laughs) we learn this, we Uh learn how to do this and bless them. Like it really teaches you how to be resourceful. It really teaches you how to find things and approach things in a different way and think outside the box and be very creative. And mm-hmm. man, did I get a lot of lesson out of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And my mother, I feel like it was the same thing. Like there was a lot of barriers around money. So it's like, no, I'm not giving you money for that. And then I had to get creative. Well, how am I going to get it? Or how, how am I going to maybe not get that money, but do make do with what I have mm-hmm. in a way where it's equally satisfying. Right do I need more than that? Do I, right. And you start to feel, because my mother was a social worker. Mm -hmm. So very similarly, you have these moments of like, you know, I have a house and I have a car and I have a, do I need? Yeah. You end up with guilt for the things that you have versus that you've worked for. Yeah. And that you've earned. That you've earned. (laughs) Yeah. That you, you know, I value the work I do at that level and I don't want to sell myself short. And then I feel guilty when, Mm-hmm. it happens for me. Mm-hmm. So I think money is such an interesting topic just in general around self-worth around yeah. what we feel we deserve Our around relationship with it and how it kind of flows and the relationship within society, right? Yeah. Like we're creating class systems. We're creating this as far and, you know, write your comments below, but disgusting capitalism that gets to the point where it's literally like, we're going to give you absolute guard garbage for so much money, Mm -hmm. you know? And now it's funny because we're overproducing things to the point where stuff is just not meaningful. Yeah. And we're just amassing. It's everywhere. There's stuff everywhere, which makes me nuts. Yeah. It's interesting because we do a, a lot of financial assistance with our service users, obviously. And we had a family um, come through and there's probably others now that with the rest of the, like the social supports and all of the benefits and stuff that they receive that are tax free. And then things like child supports and stuff that may come in, not always applicable, but they end up bringing home more tax free money than I make. Right. So that's a challenge, right? <laughs> and you're like, like Wait a minute. Right. Well, I'm working my ass off at, you know, however many hours a week, plus the moral injury, plus this, plus this, plus this, plus this. Yeah. And I, I have a house. I have a car. My kids are fed. We're all clothed. We have animals. Like I, we live a, and enjoy a great life. Yeah. Are we living in a million dollar home? No. Do I even own my own home? No. But right. like it, 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 again, it's social worker enough, right? I, I have right? enough. I have enough. Making my in, I'm making ends meet. And yet they can't even maintain a house. Right. And yet it's like, where is that discrepancy happening? Yes, there's some things that need to change, but otherwise it again is access where they don't have the access that I have had. Yeah. They don't have the supports that I've had. They don't have the foundations to lay back on that I have had. And it's like always coming back to remember that because otherwise you can get really pissed off. Oh, and I think there's, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think there's also a certain level of that offers perspective. Yeah. But I mean, if I could have anything tattooed on my forehead, it would be, we do not compare our lives to those of others. hundred percent. Like honestly, mm-hmm. right across my forehead, mm-hmm. because on that's where I feel Almost everybody gets their panties in a bunch. Yeah, because you don't know the whole story. You don't know. You can only take one snippet and then see how it would apply through your lens. And even then. Not through any other experience or any other things that are like, we totally discount the mental and emotional baggage we carry. We totally discount familiar relationships, family, like everything. And you don't know, like two people can come from the same house and have completely different upbringings. Two people can come from the same house and take completely polar opposite path, Mm -hmm. right? Two people can be married to the same person and have completely different marriages. Mm -hmm. It's, you cannot compare. Mm-hmm. It is not fair to you. It is not fair to them. Yeah. I watch a lot of the Gabor Mate um, stuff and he talks about that with a, a lot with parenting because I focus a lot on, sure. I think if we want to change society, we need to go after the generation that's beneath us. Yeah. Like it's, look at residential schools. If you want to destroy. <laughs> no, but it's like, the, if you want to make changes, good or bad, you go after the kids. Yeah. 
residential schools, they wanted to destroy an entire culture. They targeted the children and it's still being felt now. Yes. And I mean, we're not even talking super long history. No, like, like it devastated. 90s, in the 90s, they right. were still active. And it devastated and almost completely wiped out peoples from all across Canada and their various nations. Yeah. And yet, if we wanted to fix it, imagine what would happen if we went after the kids. Yeah. If there was one whole generation that grew up knowing love and acceptance and truth and nonviolence. Yeah. And in, in true, and I say truth, but in like their own, truth. yeah, their own truth of not what my truth is no. for my kids, but like, or what, what Canada you... wants to paint as truth right. or what, yeah. Like each individual's person and experience was validated and changed and brought and they're, you know, they were held when they cried and yeah. it helped work through anger oh, and helped such make social worker approach. Right. I'm totally a socialist. I love you. And I, 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 I don't claim to have any of the, like the, the actual answers to fixing this, but other than like no. the what ifs. And I know. If we were to do that. Well, and- the empaths are going to save the world, Brie. I said it before yes. and I'll say it again. Like we're, we're not going to survive. Humanity will not not survive as a species Mm -hmm. if empaths don't start to take leadership roles Mm -hmm. just won't happen yeah right exactly and it's terrifying because yeah (laughs) our empaths struggle in leadership roles Mm -hmm. right it's it's a thing it's it's hard for them Mm -hmm. so you know I'm constantly I mean that's pretty much why I built lead without permission it's like come on Mm -hmm. we need you Step into your spotlight. Show me what you can do because we won't make it. Mm-hmm. We won't make it without you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think in like, I'm just thinking back to the question of like within my, my job, cause I'm, that's totally part of my type A ambition is like C-suite and strong leadership positions. Cause I mean, the, it's like 86% of women or something oh, yeah. are involved in this industry and yet less than 40 are at leadership levels. Yeah. And like leadership levels at, at large organizations, like I'm looking internationally, I'm yeah. looking at like big, massive social impacts and change to be able to then create other leaders that can kind of carry that torch and have that run. Yeah. Through. But I, I think, in the workplace, it's finding people and offering the space to have the really ugly stuff to say the things that we know we shouldn't be thinking, but everybody thinks anyways. Yeah. To say like, I'm not okay, or I don't know what I'm doing or, yeah. oh my God, this person. And just like to, to, to find vent. a place. Yeah. To yeah. put it down. And, but to also create that with our, our clients. And I think to be brave enough to have those same conversations with them that we'd have with yeah. our kids that we'd have with our partner maybe not in the same way no maybe you can only yeah. be vulnerable in certain ways with each there's person, definitely but... a boundary that has to come into play and I think I work with that within my work I'm sure you work mm-hmm. with it with, within yours there's so much of myself I will share and then there's a point where I'm like that's too far that's me that's mine mm-hmm. well and that's exactly it right where this is this is just me where we don't have the access for that because it's not safe because yeah. it's not whole because it's not and I would much rather go that way versus then like because it's not professional you get nothing I think people use professionalism is a way to just kind of sometimes do really shitty things or hide or hide yeah and often from themselves maybe mm-hmm. not even necessarily from their clients well it's funny you know we're all so great at giving advice can we follow our own right that's Amen. that's such I a- hear that all the time oh great great at tell and or else say it you know I I did, totally do you do this you will fix your stuff I'm just gonna go over here and do the total opposite <laughs> of <what's there>. so <laughs> don't look such <laughs> is life right don't, don't watch me just listen and then such is life don't watch that's so funny <laughs> what are your biggest challenges along the road to zen myself probably just just me <laughs> yes it's uh I could come up with a bunch of other external excuses and say my life is too busy that my job's too demanding that it's hard to be a single parent that it's hard to be a partner like all of the other things yeah really it's it's just it's me yeah it's always me yeah um of coming up and then rationalizing why why I don't need to or why it's not important why you're gonna back burner it yeah or why I and my capacity is ridiculous (laughs) 
I know it. Other people have said it where they've come at me and they're just like, I, I don't, I don't know how you do this. I've never seen someone come from, I could be in the middle of burnout and someone else could need something coming in. And, and I you're be like, good. Yep. Okay. Because you're great in a crisis. 1000%. Your yeah. house is burning down. I'm your girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. I'm great in a crisis. Call me in coach. I got you. 1000%. I am MacGyver. If you yep. need me, I will be there with my, you know, paperclip and chewing mm -hmm. gum. And I'm going to fix this like you've never seen in your life. Mm -hmm. I can create Avatar off your $600 theater budget. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Could, yeah. But then I'm going to go home and cry in the corner because I haven't dealt with my shit. <laughs> like, or I need to, I need to, mm -hmm. or I need to create space for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and this happens, like, I don't know about you, but this is a great example for me. I get chronic migraines. Mm -hmm. I have been putting off going to the headache clinic. Right. Like, I think we're going on years now <laughs> and it's on my list. Mm -hmm. It is. But when I finally pulled the trigger, COVID hit and the whole thing shut down. Right. And I was like, oh, Okay. And now I'm in a place where I'm rebuilding mm -hmm. post-COVID and I'm <laughs> solid. And Rick's like, leave a message, leave a message. And I was like, yeah, I know, but you have to be free for the conversation. Right. And I'm I'm not. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Right. Am I not? Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'm not. I think that I'm just backburnering it, mm -hmm. right? And so I take these things that are my needs from time to time and I think like I do actually need to do that right that needs to be something for me imagine what my life would be like without constant and consistent headaches mm -hmm. honestly mm -hmm. cannot fathom it have right. lived with it my whole life but I think this is another thing we live with certain pain we live with certain concessions we live with certain compromises mm -hmm. for so long that it's like, it's normal. It's fine. Yeah. I've right. normalized my migraines. Yeah. It's fine that I can't be in a room with light mm -hmm. today. That's fine. Mm -hmm. It's not fine. Right. So we back burner these things and it's, you're right. It's me, mm -hmm. right? I'm the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've got somehow some kind of fixed mindset around some of these moments that I could create for myself or this care I could do for myself mm -hmm. instead of a growth mindset of imagine this world without that conflict mm -hmm. or imagine this world. If you had an hour a day to yourself, mm -hmm. an hour, what's that look like? Or imagine if one of your goals was to eliminate your migraines instead of save for your vacation right or do a new course or do set up the retreat or anything yeah right? anything yeah right and so it's like oh yeah right okay mm -hmm. and so this is why it's funny because again great at telling other people to do this <laughs> I'm amazing at it like in the last part of lead without permission when we're going through goals we're going through like what are your personal goals what are your health mm -hmm. goals what are your career goals what are mm -hmm. we break it all out we really get granular mm -hmm. where am I Right. Right. Like girl, go do your own course. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. that where I'm at? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And sometimes I am, I yeah. will literally say when I'm not working much, I'm so out of tune with where I should be. Mm. My work supports me and also coming to the table for myself. Right. Because it's constant reminder. Mm -hmm. I have to walk that talk. Mm -hmm. That's to be an authentic coach to show up and be good at what I do, I have to follow through. Yeah. Otherwise I'm selling a bill of goods. Absolutely. Right? Yep, absolutely. So doesn't mean I'm not going to make a mistake. Doesn't mean I'm not going to ignore my advice right. sometimes, but I would say like 95% of the stuff I'm putting out there, it's because I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. Right? Sometimes I just need a little knock in the head to remind me that, oh yeah, I still have to do it. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly it, right? And that's, I think, my biggest limiter and then when I also recognize when I really need to because for me it's panic attacks I dare some actual like diagnosed mental health stuff that that just adds another level right like yeah generalized anxiety and complex PTSD and it those are not things I experience they're not things I label myself with they're right. things I experience when I don't 
take care of myself. Right. And they're like my little Jiminy Cricket that's like, yo, hey man, yeah. things are about to get really interesting if we don't take a step back and yeah. do stuff that we know we're going to do. Cause like, you know, and there's so many warning signs I think that we ignore, especially as women. It's like, mm, I can play through this. I can play through this pain. I can, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And it's actually just pushing through our own boundaries where then we're not even honoring our boundaries. Exactly. And then it's like, you end up in a total tailspin six yards down the field going, how did I get here? And everyone's going, God, you're just so amazing. You can do all these things. So you're not getting anyone from the outside being like, Hey, I think you're a little out of line because you're so it's, I joke about this all the time. When you are super type a, it's, it's a gift and a curse. Yes, The gift is that I can do the job of your average person in a third of the time in a th- even it, yeah like yeah like an eight hour day for me can be really compressed into two hours yep. if I'm focused and yep. I'm not I'm left to my own devices I can knock that out I could do an entire works work weeks worth of stuff in a day mm-hmm. no problem yep the flip side of that is that I'm so hyper-functioning, I feel like I should be working at that level all the time. Yes. Because I can. And then you end up doing five weeks worth of stuff within a one week. Yeah. Instead of recognizing that this was super intense. And then people expect it of you. Yes. So then you yeah. create this pattern of I'm hyper-functioning. I can do this all the day. I'm here all day. I'm here all day. <laughs> knocking back out, tomorrow right and i'm yeah. coming back tomorrow and i'm knocking stuff out and be like wow mm-hmm. and then you like for in my experience like i left my corporate job they replaced me with five human beings right like i should not be operating at that level mm-hmm. it's not healthy for me mm-hmm. it's not healthy for my business it's not healthy for my family right mm-hmm. and so my journey to zen has literally been examining that yeah and then dealing with the guilt that follows. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and the judgment, the guilt and the judgment that then comes yeah. from it. Because it's almost like you can understand it and break down the guilt and understand where everything comes from. And then you judge yourself from every yeah. single facet of what you've learned. Yeah. Like, Instead oh, I'm going like, to check Wait out. This, this wasn't a judgment thing. It wasn't to break it down and see what's wrong. Yeah. It's just to know. Just to, to know. observe. Yeah, to, to observe. And it's funny, I'll be like, I'm going to give myself the afternoon off. I'm my own boss. This is why I work for myself. Isn't that magical? That's, that's awesome. I get to do this. And then I'm like, shouldn't have taken the afternoon off. You got a lot of stuff on that list. So there's like this little thing in the back of my head and I have to be like, sit down. Mm -hmm. No one asked you, (laughs) right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) What? I don't deserve an afternoon off. I function at that high level so that I can recoup that quiet time for myself. Exactly. Not so that I can work more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And this is where we come to these crossroads. Mm-hmm. What's the challenge of being Zen? Well, it's a lot practice. Of challenges. It's practice. Everyday practice. I try and journal. I like to say I journal daily. Sometimes it's daily, sometimes it's weekly, sometimes it's not for a month, it's whatever. But I use like a guided journal that I've created for myself years ago um, that focuses on gratitude. So it's like I put three three things I'm grateful for. And I always, I have a rule that I'm not allowed to make it about anything material. Yeah, that makes sense. It can't be a tangible. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's like, you know, I'm grateful for the fact that I have heat in my house. Right stuff like, like that, my right? home my home right. space exactly. yeah and that you know I can walk my neighborhood safely that I can eat whenever I'm hungry that my kids can for you know the relationships with my kids for yeah the cat that slept on my lap for three hours so I couldn't move and it really needed those three hours and she helped remind me that you really needed those three you know hours I mean? yeah like but then it's also I break it down of um what I need today so what do I need today and that was always the big challenge of not sleep, food, water, sunshine, air. Those don't count. Right. Those are <laughs> things that are those survival are beyond requirements are not needs. Um, 
how can I get like who can help me meet those needs? Yeah. And it always it has to include myself first. Sure. Where I have to figure out how I'm going to give myself that need. Yeah. And then who else I can turn to that will help me do that. Yeah. Which is big for me. The reliance on other adults. Again, yeah. Savior complex. Oh, I get that. Yeah. Um, what I choose or what I honor in myself. So just it usually I find it comes across something else that I'm glad I'm a strength or a skill that I I'm glad I have, but it also leads to like, how else can I honor the flip side of that? Again, yeah. That yin yang. Yeah. What I choose to release. So I things love that, that. serve me yeah. based on that reflection. And then usually Sundays and Wednesdays, I also try to reflect on, um, am I em- emotionally suppressing something? So am I not acknowledging what it is that I'm actually feeling? Yeah. Big one for me. Um, am I people pleasing? Another big one, the whole, that's an empathy thing, thing, right? So am I people pleasing how and why? Oh, what have I done to soothe and care for myself within the last 72 hours? I love that. And then what are the reasons I chose not to? And that's it, isn't it? Yeah. What are the reasons we choose not to? And it, and I think it, it's that it's that verbiage that's key to the reasons I chose not to. Yeah. Because it was, it was a choice. Always a I choice. I used to use the whole thing of I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. And I started instead saying I don't want to. Yeah. I can't go out with you tonight because I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. Not because I don't have time. And then if it, it was really uncomfortable at first to like. Oh, of course. Be like. Actually, I was having a conversation with someone the other day and I said, do you struggle saying no? And they said, oh my God, that's like one of my number one things. I really struggle saying no. Mm -hmm. And I was like, when you say no, you know, you can just say no. Right. And they're like, I feel like I have to, do I have to give a re no, Mm -hmm. no is a complete statement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No period. Yeah. The interesting part for me when I started using that as a reference though, is it helped me understand why. Yeah. So then it couldn't just be like, Hey Brie, you want to go for dinner? I'd be like, no, you know, I'm looking at my calendar immediately, even still, I'll pick up my calendar be like, can I fit it in? Yeah. That's my reaction. And then I have to stop and respond and be like, do I want Yeah. to, what, what am I doing? Do I, do I want to do this? Fit this in? No. And ultimately, like, do I want to do this? Yeah. And then the guilt that came through from that first, but then it it did help me analyze more too of just like, why don't I want to? And it could be maybe because I don't really like this person that I find them really draining that I don't have the space to support what I know they're going to need from me. Or I don't want to because I actually just really want to go home. Yeah. I'm really tired. I need to sleep. Quiet time. Yeah. It was like it followed with these other questions after. Yeah. I think that's the real nugget. And I think it's cool that you know they don't need to. Right. Right. Like you don't have to define that for Mm -hmm. them. Mm Mm-hmm. It's none of their business, mm-hmm. right? And now it's like we've trained people where, you know, I'll have some people, do you want to go for dinner this week? And I'll be like, oh, no, sorry. And then they know now because usually, well, why not? Well, what about next week? Or what about this? Or yeah. I miss you say, like, it starts with this other back and forth. Like yeah. Now it's like I've trained and conditioned our relationships that it's just. When I say no, I mean it. no. And then it's just, okay, hon. Yeah. You know, whatever. But now it's also offered a reciprocity. Yeah. Where now they're comfortable to do the same thing, knowing that I'm not going to follow and be like, yeah. well, why not? I haven't yeah. seen really had these. And then the storytelling goes away. Yeah. And this is so huge. I mean, we talked about it. We talk about it in Lead Without Permission. I talk about it in my Super Type A Attempt at Being Zen, both courses. I talk about it in all my one-on-ones. I talk about it with every empath that comes across my desk <laughs> yeah. because it's rampant. Yeah. Right. And we have these storytelling moments where it's like, oh, but if I say no. Here's all the things that are going to happen. You don't know that. Mm-hmm. Can you stop? Like, you don't know that. Mm-hmm. And how will you know until you try? Right. And to stop the expectation of storytelling then for the person that's waiting for your response. Right. Right. Where you, we don't need to have yeah. the reasons. And if your relationship is solid and healthy and boundaried, the expectations of reasons yeah. isn't there. Yeah. Like when someone's like, I can't, or I don't want to, my immediate response is no worries. If you change your mind, you know where I am. Right. My ear this year or my word this year is pause. Pause. I love that. I bet a lot kind of consistently at various points over last year. And then especially towards kind of the last quarter or so it kept coming up 
from a lot of a lot of trusted people in my circle, from my therapist, from like a, a lot of different avenues, avenues that otherwise weren't connected, mm-hmm. kept coming of just like, you know, you don't always have to be in action, right? Like, you know, you don't, you don't, why are you always trying to fix it? Why are you always yeah. trying to like look, turn around and look what you've done in the last six years? Because especially the last six years, right? I came from like, oh yeah, oh my God, where are we going to survive? How I'm going to make this meet for myself, my kids and my ex-husband, right? Of just like, Holy yeah, crap. How do we come through this alive? A hundred percent. Yeah. And intact, not only alive, but intact so that yeah. we can now thrive of just like, maybe this is the year that you'd like step off the the gas yeah don't hit the brakes but just like enjoy the coast a little yeah, bit coast a little bit like I was thinking the to, same thing to I sit think- and just to pause and to watch and to do kind of what you I'm hearing you say in your hibernation phase but do it for longer for the because I, yeah. like, I can take this week yeah oh I can even take the month yeah I can take the month and just like step yeah off. but like the year and I went into the third week of January and this week I was in tears Wednesday going, I suck at pause. Like I'm trying to make action. Like pause is not an action word. It's not a verb. It, there, there's It's le- legitimately it's, it's a pause. Stop. Yeah. Like, and you know, it's so funny. And I find this, so that's those, that was sort of where I was at during the pandemic because mm-hmm. I was home with two kids, very, very young kids. Yeah and extremely limited. And I was feeling like a racehorse whose three legs had been tied behind their back. Like right. I just, and now I'm like, oh my God, they set me free. So like, but focus, because if right. I don't focus, I'm going to do all the things and they're not going to be done right. 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 Yeah. So for me, it was focused, but it's also like, I'm finding, oh my God, I'm going to say this out loud. I'm finding I'm watching the thing that drives me the nut, the most nuts about my children right now is the need for instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And I know I fall into that space too. Like I want that and I want it now. Mm -hmm. And what focus and even pause allows for is, okay, but wait, you can have it, but do you need it now? Does it have to be immediate Mm -hmm. or can we maybe just slowly work our way towards that? What's the difference between Mm -hmm. me having that now and me having that six months from now right can I show myself some grace and not run at the freight train speed Mm -hmm. and find that balance because my list is long my list is Mm -hmm. long yeah I'm the only one that works in my business right I'm it Mm -hmm. if I don't do it no one picks up my slack Mm -hmm. right but I'm also the dreamer I'm also the visionary I'm also the person who sets those tasks I set those goals I set those deadlines yeah I do that. Right. So either I can screw myself and set them all real close (laughs) and force myself to fulfill the stuff. And I might benefit. Mm -hmm. There are moments when a sprint is necessary. Yep. Or I can learn to run the marathon. Mm -hmm. I can take it a little slower. And I mean, I'm in my forties now. I don't operate the way I did in my twenties. Right. When I was in my 20s, I could do all the things and get three hours sleep and then do them all again. Mm -hmm. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Yeah. And in my space, I find, because as I said before, it's like that is the the industry expectation. It's the industry standard. So now I'm just perpetuating things, even for my staff. And yet as a leader, if I'm showing that, they're going to follow exactly. And they're so you all need to change the personality I am. So they're all just like, what's on fire today, Brie? And like yeah. running from one thing to the next. And then we all burn out. And so this is it. It's like, I used to work with this director a long, long time ago. And he said, you know, sometimes I just go home and shine my shoes to feel like I finished something. Right. And when we're super type A, that sense of completion and closure is so important to us. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us work in industries where you don't get it. Yeah, exactly. it's not over. Yeah. We're not finished here. Even clients who graduate from my programs, I don't never talk to them again. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Have a good life. Hope it helped you out. Like I hear from these people regularly. Right. I get, you know, updates on how they're doing. I get 
random questions like, Hey, Reesh, I know we talked about this and yeah, I'm here for that. I'm here for that because I'm not, this isn't a product I'm selling you. Right. right. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm supporting you on your journey and I, I want to be that person, mm -hmm. but also that tap's going to keep running. Mm -hmm. It's okay to turn it off and walk away and set those boundaries. Right. And then turn it on when you're mentally and physically capable of handling the water again. Yeah. And to turn it on and turn it off and turn it on again, but maybe not as strong and turn it off again. Yeah. My, one of my therapists uh, later in the year when finally I was like, yeah, okay, boss is going to be my. <laughs> okay. She's like, think of your, if you could make yourself a character, who would you be? I'm like, I'm 1000% Dory. Of like, just keep swimming. Yeah. Like, I just have to keep moving. Yeah. Because I have to keep moving because of the fear of what I carried before. Because if I stopped, we would have sunk. Yeah. And she's like, well, what happens if a fish stops swimming? I was like, it dies. She's like, no, Brie. Floats. It floats. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Floating is nice, uh, Brie. Right? Like, floating's really nice. Kind of zen. Well, and that, I think that shows the difference too, to even go back to your other one and like your other podcast and what we we're talking about today is just, it is seasonal. Yeah. What worked before to find that Zen, it is an evolution. It yeah. is a journey. It's not something that you figure it out at 21 and it stays the same till yeah. you die. Like and there it, is that. It changes. As type A people, we are so amazing. And we, I've talked about this before, but I'm going to talk about it until the day I am no longer on this planet. We find a process that we feel works for us. And we're like, oh my God, it's I've figured same. it out. I'm oh a genius. Yeah. It's, it's like a shortcut or it's a like high efficiency something uh -huh. and we get obsessed with it. And then no one can change our mind that that's not the way. No right. one can tell us that there's a better way. No one can tell us that we don't have to be fast, that we don't have to be efficient. Mm -hmm. Your efficiency does not define who you are. Yes, it does. But, 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 In fact, I get physically turned on by efficiency. Right? Look at my pile compared to them. I, I beat them. I yeah. hit the A. It's a competition. Yeah. And so <laughs> trying to take my super, super type A self and say, whoa, girl, like, stop, though. Mm -hmm. Just stop. Just mm -hmm. stop for a second. Mm -hmm. And I see it in my kids and I see it in myself. And it's the thing that drives me most nuts about my kids. It's yeah. the thing that drives me most nuts about myself. And then I'm like, I'm in charge of modeling that. That's me. Mm -hmm. Just like you are in your organization. Mm -hmm. Just like we all are as parents. I'm in charge of that. Yeah. That behavior came from me. Mm -hmm. Ah, crap. And yet I look at it too, because I see it, <laughs> especially as my kids are getting older now. Where I, I see it and I'm just like, oh, honey, you know, make sure what do you think is best for you? And do you think this is the best way to bring, again, the amazing advice, yep. right? And yet I also see what it lets them accomplish. And yeah. That I see how Double much it makes sure. them stand up against the crowd and just kind of like I can I can see them chomping through these goals and these life aspirations and I'm just like damn I'm really proud like of they're, you they're I'm doing it and they're gonna do it and they're always gonna know how to do it yeah and I have to help model how not to how not to it's it is I've I've benefited so much from having this temperament I've benefited so much from being this person mm -hmm. I have and I've seen so much success mm -hmm. because of that yeah and also I've struggled so hard because of it and I've run myself into walls because of it and I've tapped out for an entire year and burned out so hard I wasn't functional because of it. Mm -hmm. So how do I help? Like, is that something you have to go through? You know, when you're like, I'm giving you advice so you don't have to go through it, but it's like, is that something you have to go through to right. learn or yeah. can we help you not, not burn out, not crash and burn mm -hmm. how I don't know the answer yeah to me I think it, it's having the conversation and creating the normalcy of the space to be able to be like yeah this is really hard yeah kind of what are you gonna do what are you gonna instead do? of like you should blah blah yeah, blah. yeah. um and I, I've been talking to Ella my oldest a lot about this because she's at UFT now um and it's like you know, you get into high school, you got to choose your stream because that's going to dictate what kind of post-education you can get. And that's going to dictate the rest of your your life. And now with how everything is as to whether or not you'll ever own a home, if you'll ever be able to retire, like so many unknown landscapes yeah. for even even ourselves, or yeah. even middle-aged still yeah. coming into that. And we're not in that season yet, but just the remembrance that it's a journey. It's a journey. 
that it's not what you're going to do forever. It's what are you going to do next? And I think we, in our mind, as super type A people, because we love to plan, it's like, but you have to do this to do that. You have to do well, that. I'm going to do this next. And then I'm going to do this next. And then I'm going to do this next. And you next yourself right yeah. into the grave, right? Instead and then the fact just... is like, there's always time to change your mind. hundred percent. There's always time to go down a different road. There's... And you should. Yeah. You should change And why mind. not? Mm-hmm. Right. And like, it's funny. I always pull up the Led Zeppelin. Like there are two paths. And in the long run, there's still time to change the road you're on. Yeah. There, you can always decide. At, my mother did her PhD in her 50s. Mm-hmm. There's always time to make decisions. And some might have said like, why? Mm-hmm. What's the point? Yeah. It's totally a goal of mine to have a PhD by the time I die. And yet really how my path and just how, how life is going on, it probably means that I'll be undertaking that through my retirement. Yeah. But then why not? Why not? Right. Right. Cause if I want it to be able to be like, look what I did. I want it for me. And I that's it. it. I think that's understanding that journey, understanding the challenges that step in our way, yeah. but like honoring the Zen, honoring it because we need to, mm-hmm. because and it's not linear. It's not linear. Yeah. It's not linear. Well, this seems like a good place to wrap up. Thank you so much for being here today. It has been really fun. I always enjoy speaking with you. You're just a ray of sunshine in so many ways. Well, thank you. It was super fun to be here and super fun to chat. And yeah, I almost feel bad that everybody's not going to actually get to see the video because we're watching your expression and then I know I'm replicating it. A pretty sweet video. (laughs) So check out the channel if you get a chance, but definitely listen to this podcast as it's released we've got lots of really fun people coming on to chat uh we have mental health professionals we have people who their whole area of expertise is zen we have people who found zen through their work um it's just really enlightening and i hope you continue to have this conversation with me because part of why this podcast exists is that it is the journey it is an ongoing conversation it is not a course and then you're done. It is not a book. And then you know how to get there. It's a daily choice. It's a practice. It's a practice. Mm -hmm. And so this podcast is my practice at continuing this conversation. So thank you for joining us. Please tune in again and have yourself a relaxing day. Thank you for listening. Like and subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit www.yorkmotivational.com for more information on my super type A attempt at being Zen, the coaching program, Lead Without Permission, or visit our contact page to reach out to Risha. Wishing you all continued balance and fulfillment on your road to Zen.